Hi, everyone. Welcome in to episode number 67 of the Building Up Podcast. I'm David McConnell. As always, thank you guys for being with us. On this week's episode of the podcast, we're continuing what we started in episode number 66, discussing what it looks like for us to practice scripture meditation as a believer, as we seek to be built up in our faith and to spiritually grow. We see throughout the Psalms the practice or the mention of meditating on Scripture. And last week we talked a lot about that, what Scripture meditation is. And I actually gave you some basic beginning steps that you could use to uh, practice meditating on Scripture in your own walk with Christ. And so on this episode of the podcast, we're going to put that into practice again. We're actually going to look at what I consider to be one of the most fundamentally important passages in all of the New Testament, and we're going to practice what it would look like to meditate on that scripture. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to episode number 66, I'd like to suggest that you go and do that now and then come back to this episode. But I'll I'll give you a basic run through of a summary of some of the things we talked about as a foundational understanding of what scripture meditation is. Unlike Eastern religion and what they teach on meditation, we are not trying to empty our minds, but we are trying to fill our minds with God's thoughts and God's words. We see meditation spoken of throughout the Psalms, and the word meditation in the Bible can literally mean to mutter or to speak God's word to yourself over and over. It's as if you're having a conversation with yourself all about God's Word. And so we're going to practice this today on Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. So if you have a Bible, please go there and also grab maybe a piece of paper and a pen or hopefully a notebook that you have uh, and uh, journal a little bit about this particular passage as we walk through Scripture meditation, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 through 13. So my point in doing this is to give us another week of exercise or practice, hoping that this is something that would become routine for us in our walk with Jesus and our own personal time of learning from Him and spending time with Him. But I also think that this particular passage that we're looking at is worthy of us really chewing over because I think it has some pretty incredible truths for us. So if you'll remember in episode 66, I gave you four basic steps to scripture meditation. And the first step is you just read the passage out loud a few times so that you can hear it. Speak it, mutter it to yourself so that you can understand it. And as you read that passage, emphasize different words. Uh, just look for different words in the passage that stands out to you and emphasize those as you are reading. I even talked about you could sing the passage to yourself as a way of really getting it into your spirit. So let's read this together. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. Therefore... My beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. 
So we would read that through a few times out loud to ourselves and really begin to try to think through it and let our ears hear it over and over. And then step number two in scripture meditation we talked about last week is to write it down. Write that passage down in a notebook. Um, maybe you could get a notebook just for this purpose of meditating on scripture. Write it down just as it appears in your Bible. And then as you write it down, circle words that you want to research or learn a little more about. And then write some questions out that come to your mind as you are reading the passage. So, for example, when I looked at Philippians 2, 12 and 13, I circled the words much more, where he says, not only is in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I circled the word work out, and I circled the words to will and to work, where he says, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work. For his good pleasure. And then I ask three questions about those words. Number one, I ask myself, why did Paul want the church in Philippi to obey much more in his absence than even in his presence? The second question I wrote down was, what does work out your salvation actually mean? And then third, I wrote down, how does God impact our will and our work, as Paul says that he does? So as I looked at those questions and pondered them, here are some of the answers that I jotted down. Why did Paul want the church to obey much more in his absence than in his presence? So obviously Paul had been among the church in Philippi. He had been there. He had seen them obeying God's word and trying to live it out. And now he says, I want you to continue this obedience, which makes sense. But he says, I want you to do it much more in my absence than even in my presence. So what does that mean? Well, much more, when I research that word, it means to a greater extent. So Paul is saying, I want you to obey to an even greater extent when I'm away than when I was with you. And my thought there is that for Paul, he realized that perhaps when he was there, the church was trying to be on their best behavior. They were trying to impress him as an apostle, or maybe they wanted to earn his favor. And so Paul is saying, now that I'm gone, I want you to obey to an even greater extent than when I was with you, because I don't want you to do it just because of me. I want you to obey because you love God. You know, sometimes it's easy to walk the straight and narrow, as they say, when you're being watched, when someone that you respect is around. But when you're all alone, when when it's just you and God, that's when your real faith comes out. Because when it's only you and him, and he's the only one that you're trying to please, that's when you find out if your obedience is authentic. I think that's what Paul was getting at there. My second question was, what does work out your salvation mean? Where he says, much more in my absence than in my presence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What does the word work out mean? Well, when again, when I researched that a little bit and thought about the question, the word work out means to bring forth its results. So I think what Paul is telling the church there is, 
seek to obey and seek to bring forth the results of being saved. Being saved does something in your heart. It does something to your soul and in your life. And your life should look differently. You should think differently. You should feel differently. You should love differently. And you should act differently. And Paul is exhorting them to let their salvation be real by letting it bring forth the natural results of a heart change. If something has really happened in your heart, you are going to live life differently. So Paul is encouraging them, let that happen. Ensure that that happens. Work out your your salvation. Bring the expected results out and live those results uh, as you go forward. And then the third question that I wrote down is, how does God impact your will and your work? Paul says, work out your own salvation because... It is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. What does that mean exactly? Well, I looked up the word work there. It is God who works in you. And that literally means the the, the Greek word is energio. So we could think of energy there. Certainly, it means active operation. When it says that God works in you, Paul is saying God is active in operation in your life. He is giving energy and power to your life to make it efficient. And specifically, he's saying that God does this energizing work, this active operation to change your will and to change how you work. So it is God's energy or God's power that makes you inclined to want to please him And it is God's energy and God's power that helps you to actually obey and do the right things that are pleasing to him. It is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Why do I think this is a fundamentally important verse for us? Well, here's why. I think we should embrace the doctrine of justification. I think the Bible is very clear on that doctrine. And what the doctrine of justification is, is that by grace, through faith, you have been saved. And when you have been saved, the Bible says you are justified, which means you are declared eternally not guilty of your sins, of every sin that you have ever committed, And of every sin that you ever will commit, you are not guilty because of the kindness of the Lord that has led you to faith in Jesus. The question becomes now, well, how do you live the rest of your life? How does sanctification happen? How do you grow in holiness? How do you grow in godliness? And there's two errors that you can easily fall into, and many people have, when it comes to how we are sanctified, how we grow in holiness. One error is legalism. Legalism is the idea that you sanctify yourself. You obey, you keep all the rules, and you make yourself grow in godliness. The other end of the spectrum is called antinomianism. And that's a really big word that means your works basically don't matter. You don't even have to worry about obeying because you've been justified. It doesn't really matter what you do. 
because you're not guilty of your sins. And both of those are errors that we can fall into that I don't think are correct by Scripture. And this particular passage, Philippians 2, 12 and 13, helps us to understand how sanctification really works. The core of sanctification is God. It is God who works in you. And what is the work that God is doing? He is changing your will so that you are disposed, you are inclined to the things that please God, and he is energizing and strengthening the very work that you do, empowering you so that you can actually obey him and grow in godliness. It is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He's changing your desires, and he's giving energy to your work so that you can obey him, so that you want to obey him, and so that you actually do. Sanctification is what God does. As a friend of mine sent me an article this week that so eloquently put it, we are saved by grace and we are sanctified by grace. But Paul makes clear we have responsibility. He doesn't say God works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure, so just do whatever you want. God will take care of it. No, he says because of this, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, exert your will to obey. See God's commands and go after them. Strive to do what God is asking you to do. Work it out. Have fear and trembling of the Lord and His Word. And the whole time that you're exerting your will to obey God, you will know that your ability to do that and your very desire to do that is because God is working in you. This is such a beautiful passage. And I think it's a perfect passage to not only study, but to do the third step of Scripture meditation, which is memorize. We talked about this last week. Memorize this passage. Linger on it. Think about it. This is a fundamental truth for us about how God sanctifies us. And also pray this passage. Pray it for yourself. Pray it for your friends and family. This is a perfect passage for you to keep before the Lord in prayer. God, I know you are working in me to change my desires and to give me strength to do your will. God, help me work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. Pray that for your church. Pray that for your family. This is a important passage. And I hope that not only this passage is helpful to you, but this very exercise of scripture meditation. I would love to hear from you and how this is going in your life. Please email us at buildingup@agapepinson.com and let me know what you think about this exercise of scripture meditation, the challenges you have found with it, and hopefully some of the benefits. I'd love to hear from you on that. Until next time, church, thank you for joining us. Grace and peace to your family. Thank you for listening to the Building Up Podcast, ministry of Agape Church in Vincent, Alabama. If you have a question about today's podcast or would like to suggest a topic for the future, please email us, buildingup at agapevincent.com. To subscribe to this podcast, simply search for Building Up from Agape Church in your favorite podcast app.